The following is the English translation of Pastor Meng Wenwu's teaching on the book of Leviticus, chapter 11 and 12, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. In the book of Leviticus, from chapter 11 to 15, are talking about one thing, what is clean and holy and what is not clean and unholy. It is about how to discern and how to treat unclean things. And clean, how do we maintain or keep what is clean? Sometimes we will feel like skipping these five chapters because these things are not quite relatable in the modern living. In fact, they are very opposite of some of our modern views. Many things mentioned that is not clean may be something that we encounter daily, like what we eat and what we eat often. Some of these unclean things mentioned we probably would not even touch at all on a regular day. So how do we look at these things in light of the New Testament perspective? There are two spiritual principles that can help us. First is that all things clean and unclean are to help us to have God's perspective on things. So you may pray to God. If you feel so dry and boring to read these two chapters, Lord, please grant me your perspective. These are your standard. These are things that you care about. So help me understand your heart. I want to understand from what you see. You can pray to God like this. Second, all these rules are designed to help us understand the holiness of God. So we can also have his portion of holiness. Because we are the descendants of Adam and Eve, and we are all sinners. By Jesus' precious blood, uh, we are cleaned. But how do we continue to live a holy life in the coming days? So you may pray to God. I want to have the desire of holiness. Also, I have the sensitivity of what is not holy or unclean. Don't be a Christian, only know that I have to go to church on Sundays and nothing else. I tithe, I serve, then I think I'm a good Christian. That is not what, what God expects of us. He wants us to have portion of his holiness. A third, a third thing is also very important. It is about priests' responsibilities. How do we get to know God's heart and have portion of his holiness? We can also teach God's people how to separate and to lead them around us to live a holy lifestyle. This means that you and I have a voice, that we have to have a voice of influence. We need to tell people something that is not clean, that is clean. We can tell people that this is something that God delights. And we can tell other people that this is something that we need to avoid and this is something that we need to stop doing. These are the responsibility of a priest. We can be God's advocate in our daily living. The TV shows and the media you watch and what you eat and places you visit in your relationship with others, not only you have a clear measure of standard insight, we can also guide those people who are not familiar how to live before God. Our words have power. We can teach, we can lead. So pray to God for these three things you will then realize it is not that boring and dry to read these chapters. Let us look at chapters 11, verses 1 to 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, starting in this chapter, the Lord started to speak to both Moses and Aaron, and not just to Moses. So say to Israelites, of all animals that live on land, they are the ones that you may eat. In these scripture readings today, you will learn about so many different kinds of animals mentioned. Then you may think to yourself, we don't eat these animals. They are too 
spiritual principles that you can pray to God uh, to put in your life. First, God, please give me a submissive mind. God, do not explain much to us about the things that you can eat and what you can't eat. Back in Eden time, God told Adam and Eve that you shall not eat the fruit of the tree of, of knowledge of good or evil, and he did not explain to them any specific reasons. If God told Adam and Eve a little more, for example, oh, Satan, the serpent is very evil, don't listen to it. Eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge will give you ability to see, but you will fall in scent. Then you will no longer be under my cover, and you will see yourselves as naked and full of scent. Perhaps if God has said all that, Adam and Eve may not have eaten the fruit, but God did not. Same thing here. God did not give us any detailed reason why this way. So why can we eat these unclean things? So we can tell based on species. We just need to obey because God commended it. God is teaching us about this one thing from these five chapters. That you need to learn to obey me. The principle of the Bible is faith comes first and then logics. Lord, I may not understand but since you come in it, then I will respond and obey. Only if you first obey in faith, then you can use your logic to understand his purpose. If we try to use logic thinking first, and only after I thought it through and logistically, then then comes my faith, then you will not be able to embark on this path of life. If you think first with your own logic, then you will never learn how to obey and trust God. He will not be able to share with you his perspective and you receive no portion of his holiness, you see. Well, we will then not be able to teach and lead other people in this dark world onto the path of life. Obedience must go first and then logical thinking comes after. With these rules, you will know that we need to be separated from the world. That I belong to God. If my living is not distinguished from the world, I am not living a holy lifestyle. We are different from the world. He is telling the Israelites that when you were what you were able to eat in Egypt, like what the Egyptian eats, then you can no, but you can no longer do that now. Also, even what the Canaanites can eat, you may not. Starting with three meals a day, you need to start live differently than others around you. I belong to God and not the world, so we may continue to live under God's cover in his sight and live, and live as his priests. Now, in verse 3, says, You may eat any animal that has divided hoof and that choose to cut. It is telling you that we are separated from the world. Don't live a, don't live a earthly life. There is not many things that they can eat basically just cows sheep and deer and not others so why such restricted diet what exactly is divided hoof means this is reminding us that we must separate from the world if you don't realize that you can walk with God in depth you can walk without being in depth in a deeper way if your lifestyle essentially and no different from non-believers you go after the same thing they do, and you love the same thing that they love, and enjoy the same thing that they enjoy, you will not understand God's heart. If God's word is, is not in you as a standard for all things, then we can live a kingdom life. 
in the book, Re book of Revelations, we see that the church in Philippi persisted in God's word in during difficult times. So God called them the church that he wants. We are the same today. Is God so, why is God so, is God's way strict? Not in tune with this world? Should God's way change and be modernized to being more in tune with the current world? The more you stick to God's word, Wade, the more you'll have the power to reflect in what does politics and academic and educational experts are saying, and what does God say, and what are some of these famous, famous people, including psychologists, are saying, and what does God say about that. Don't lose the ability to say no and the ability to ruminate. Don't lose the ability to reflect on God's word. From verses 4 to 8, it says that, Cannot eat camels, hydrax, rabbits, pigs. Not only that you can, you can even touch them, dear family. Have you touched a piece of meat before, like pork? I have. That means I am not clean. The verses here demonstrate to us the difference between clean and unclean, such as animal who chews in the cup and those who have divided hooves and all. It is about not about, it's not about touching the dead meat that you that you become not clean. It is describing mixed belief that's not pure. So we need to stay with one true God. Nowadays, there are more and more truths about right and wrong. Why can't you, Christian, do this and why can't you do that? You must have God's power to reminimate you in you. Let the presence of God guide you from the inside. Let God's word to lead you from Leviticus to Numbers, and then we'll go to the gospel books. We'll have a more clear understanding of Leviticus in Numbers. It is, if you not already understand it all this, this time, it's okay. When we get to the gospel books, that you will see there is a real separation between us as Christians and others in the world. God does not want a religion that contains mixed-up beliefs like described in verses 4 to 8. Verse 9 is talking about all sea creatures that do not have fins and skills are regarded as unclean. That means you can no longer eat shrimp, crab, eels, and all kinds of shell creatures such as clams, mussels, and oysters. So you can only eat fish. We as Chinese people, we eat all kinds of seafood, right? We will feel this is a very restricted diet when you're reading this part. What is it talking about? Was it actually talking about? Well, what do fins and skill mean here? Fins means that they have the ability to swim against the current in the water and, and direct themselves and not just follow the flow. And the skills means they are protected. Afterwards, you talk about wings. Do we have these? And are we able to swim against the current in the flow of the world? Or are you protected in the world? In the Bible, water and sea in this context symbolize home of Satan. The whole world is currently under Satan, the evil one's control. But we as Christians, we have scales. We are separated from this world. We are protected by Christ in churches. From verses 13 to 18 tells us about the different types of birds with wings. These are considered unclean. You can eat eagles, vultures, black vultures, red kite ribbons, etc. These birds and flying creatures eat dead carcass. 
so you can eat them. It's unclean. Some birds, they belong to the sky, but they seek food in the water, meaning that you belong to heaven, but yet you get easily satisfied with food on earth. Verses 20 to 23, it's about some flying insects that walk on all fours. Those have jointed legs for hopping on the ground that you may eat. In verse 24 to 28, talks about animals like horses, donkeys, mules, you can touch. If you touch, you are unclean. Have you ever touched horses? At that time, many people's transportations are horses and donkeys. Those carry heavy loads you can touch. And what does that mean? It means that we must walk in God's path and not the, the, the path on this world that you have to carry all the burdens. That's what that is about. So in verse 29 to 31 is about those who move on the grounds are unclean. From 32 to 42, something special, especially about verse 35. Anything that one of their carcasses falls on becomes unclean. On an oven or cooking pot must be broken up. They are unclean and you are regarded as unclean. This is a bit of an overkill, you might think. So when some unclean things drop into our pots and oven, do we have to smash them, pick them up? up? Who, would, who could afford to do that? This part is talking about to get rid of unclean things and you must pay a hefty price to change. In the New Testament, it's even more exaggerated that ice that sent your duct out, hands that sent that you cut them out, legs and limbs and you cut them out of scent. So are we obeying these rules at church nowadays? You see people got punished like that in church? None. One thing God wants us to learn is to be absolute about the issue of sin. That's the point. We must confess our sins and repent before God. We should not be perfectionists. Don't let sin hinder me to be God's glorious priest. Don't let sin stop me from stepping into my callings and destiny. Don't let sin steal my glory. This is God's heart. Let's look at uh, verses 41 to 45. Every creature that moves along the ground is regarded as unclean. And for 44, 45, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves to be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourself unclean by any creatures that moves along the ground. I am God who you, who, who, took it, who took you right out of Egypt. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. And this is what God's heart need to know God's perspective. Be his priest and live a life that will obey God's standard. From Verses 45 to 46, you will see that you can you can eat and what you can't. The more you separate, the more you will know a life of a Christian is not just coming to church every Sunday. From Monday to Saturday, we must consecrate what we say, what we see, what we do, where we go, even our emotions and thoughts and what we love and hate in all before God. So this is called obedience. If you obey God, it will give us power. We will know his heart more and more. So Lord, please help me that faith always comes in the first step and followed by our logical thinking. We do not understand, but I shall obey. Lord, I do not understand, but I will be willing to satisfy your heart's will. Chapter 12 talks about birthing. The Lord said to Moses, said to the Israelites, a woman 
becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her monthly period. On the eighth date, the boy is to be circumcised. Then the woman must wait thirty-three days to be purified from her bleeding. She must not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of the purifications are over. So what? The woman can't even go to church after birth. If she gives birth to a daughter for two weeks, the woman will be unclean. And as during this period, it's a bit unfair that if you give birth to a girl and you must wait two weeks, then she must wait another sixty-six days to be purified from her bleeding. You may think that reading from verses one to five sounds a bit like God values boys over girls. Does God have double standard? No, no, of course not. You will see the great love of God. Let me explain it to you. Pregnancy and birthing themselves are not unclean because God commanded in Genesis that mankind must multiply and populate Earth. It is God's command and is also His blessing. But since Adam Eve sinned, every time a mankind gave birth to baby, he came with a nature of sin, a tendency to sin. So this baby has tendency to sin. That's why you see in verse six, when the when the days of our purification for a son or a daughter are over, she is to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent and meeting. With a year old lamb for burnt offering, and a young pigeons or dove for a sin offering, these are the regulations for women who gives birth to a boy or girl. This is only part of the Bible teaching that addressed to a mother specifically. This is to an honoring of mothers, also honoring birth of babies because the mother because you obey God's will for boys. On the eighth day is to be circumcised. Either father or mother can do that, and after that, mother gets thirty-three days of rest plus seven days prior. She rests for forty days total. During this period, mother gets to purified, gets purified, and the baby's sin nature gets removed after offering. So this child can now live for God, and this child carries God's glory. So it is not that it's not clean. But he allows mother to rest well. The boy will not live with sin tendencies. What about girls? It is sixty-six days plus seven days period. Two seven days periods. Why? He traces back to Genesis when Eve sinned after she fell to her temptation. So the first seven days waiting periods is to cling, and then the seven days period is to see God had a special power of salvation on women. So they can get pregnant and they will give birth to life. All women have the responsibility in their lives to give birth to babies. So this double period of purification for this special duty, and she shall receive double honor, double favor, double resting time, total of eighty days. No matter you are giving birth to boys or girls, God has a deep love on women. When a boy gets circumcised and lives a resurrected life. Mother can rest for forty days to be maintained and cherished and cared, cared for, and life comes out of woman's wound. All this shows that God's great and perfect love for women. In the old days, many women have to work 
soon after giving birth. So this period of rest, whether it's 40 days for boys or 80 days for a girl, is meant for mothers to be able to, to rest. Why is period of bleeding resulted are unclean? Blood itself carries life. But this blood from the periods you know, birthing is dead blood. So it is not clean. This seven day is to restore and cleanse the mothers through rest. We need to understand God's heart. From verses 6 to 8, you will see in verse 7 that he shall offer them before the Lord to make atonement for her, and then she will be ceremonially clean from her flow of blood. It is because this flow of blood is dead and no longer carry life. But after a period of rest comes before the Lord in an offering, the blood will be restored anew by God. So God wants both men and women to be purified, whether she gives birth to boys or girls. It's the same offering. It's not a double standard. But she shall receive more rest and maintain and to be taken care of and cherished by God. It is also a rem reminder for women not to sin because you have a special responsibility to that life comes out of your wound. Like God, all lies came from God. The babies comes out of women. Women giving birth can draw near to God. She can bring the child before God and prepare the offering of lamb and her hand with her own hands. This is usually men's responsibility for sin and burnt offerings. Birthing brings women into God's action or deed. Birthing brings women into Jesus' precious blood and purification. Our impurity will be cleansed in the seven days period. A beginning start on the eighth day, a new resurrected, purified beginning. So dear family, do not feel something is not fair when you read chapter 12. You have to praise God. Thank you for your meticulous protections, care and cherish for us. If you are a sister, praise before God. Pray for your children Pray for your children more during the birthing. It allows you to draw even closer to God's heart through each birthing. Through my offering, my children may no longer carry sinful nature. My children will continue to live with the life of God. Our whole family is holy and completely accepted by God. And our entire family is a holy family chose by God. Amen.